0: Um, grab the mic <laughs> I'm
1: Let me take a sip of my tea,
0: Yes, we are drinking. highly recommend the honey citrus mint tea from Starbucks. It's the hidden gem you never knew existed. Go get it now.
1: That's facts. You know, I actually think a lot of people knew about it because they discontinued it for a while, like this year. Oh, and people were shook dude really what do you mean yeah it was like on social media and i would ask like different starbucks like do you guys have honey citrus mint tea they were like no like they didn't have the ingredients for it or something but there was this one time this really kind guy was like i have worked at starbucks forever and i can kind of recreate it so he did it and it wasn't like 100 percent this but it was close and i was i was really happy wow but then they brought it back so Okay, here I am thinking it's a hidden gem.
0: How blessed am I to know about it? It's like the whole world knows about it. That sounds like the story
1: of my life. <laughs> I feel that way with movies. I'm like, dude, you have to watch yeah. this movie. Because I'm not like a big movie person. And people are like, dude. Dude, like, you been there, and done that." Yeah. <laughs> That's me. Okay, Steph, I really want to tell you about um, the Call Her Daddy podcast. Yeah. I sent you. Uh-huh. So I'm sure a lot of people know about it because she's like, a well-known podcast girl and her show is like whatever super popular so you don't know dude this is like another thing that like everyone knows and you don't know i'm sorry Mm -hmm. dude but dude i need a bird do it (laughs) okay i'm back (laughs) (laughs) um okay so basically i forget when she started Mm -hmm. but she started with a co-host so it was um alex cooper Mm -hmm. who's still here and then sophie i forget her last name But they started the podcast together. They were really close friends. They lived together. They were roommates. And they started, like, talking about subjects that were super, like, sexual, promiscuous. And, like, it was so intense but, like, funny because you couldn't believe it. Mm. So that grabbed, like, a lot of people's attention. And long story short, dude, they did it together for, I think, a year and a half. And they, like, blew up. And so later down the line like they started uploading um episodes like they were always consistent but like their titles were weird and they i don't know how to explain it dude but they were basically asking for help via their episode titles and sometimes like a title didn't make sense but if you read it backwards it says something like help us or and people were freaking out they were like are you guys good or like what's going on right so like their fans you know when fans are like super extreme they're investigating and doing the most so long story short um they later came out with an episode saying that they found out they were being underpaid by like their sponsorships and like the people uh, what is it the people who um kind of distribute their podcasts mm-hmm. i forget who they were under but they were getting a revenue from like their sponsorships and mm-hmm. apparently they were just like taking advantage of the two girls like Alex and Sophia and oh it was Barstool that was like their why can't I think of the name I know what you're saying is like every podcast
0: has kind of
1: like a it's their distributor or something yeah yeah something like that um and so they were basically saying they were being taken advantage of also side note the reason they kind of like found all this out is because Sophia the girl who's no longer a part of this like Um, Started dating this guy who worked for HBO and, like, streaming services and was very familiar with, like, how people get paid and, like, revenues and sponsorships. And he reviewed their contract or something. And, like, basically, he was, like, dude, you guys are being, like, taken advantage of, like, bad. Mm. So they were confronting, like, Barstool. And long story short, dude, he got in the middle of this, like, this boyfriend of Sophia's. And it was such a mess, dude. And, like, later we find out down the line that he was trying to get in on it and trying to get some sort of revenue from the podcast. And the barstool, the distributor, um, had some ownership of Call Her Daddy because they signed a contract with them, right? So he makes his own episode, uploads it to Call Her Daddy, and, like, spills the tea, dude. And he says everything and saying how, like, the drama was between them, like, the two girls and the boyfriend. Um, and he literally said their first year, these two girls individually were making $500,000. They were not being ripped off. I don't know what they're talking about. And basically, like, Sophia's boyfriend was trying to just, like, manipulate the whole situation because he wanted some profit of it. And, like, it what a mess. It was a mess, dude. And Sophia obviously is, like, on the boyfriend's side. And, like, it ruined their relationship. And then later, Alex Cooper, who's, like, now the only host, um, comes out with her side just saying that she actually wanted more money and that she was trying to figure that out without Sophia because, like, she never did anything business-wise, like, at all. So she – Alex was like, I feel like I deserve more than what she's getting paid. And it was this whole financial mess, dude. Long story short, um – Sophia has like her own podcast now it's called Sophia with an f because she spells her name with an f um and yeah dude people were super sad Mm. people were so sad because like you know like when you get used to like your daily or your weekly podcast and it's like comfortable but now dude like she totally switched it up from kind of like she still talks a lot about like sex health and it's more like educational i feel like before it was more like i don't know it was just crazy um but I love, <laughs> <laughs> with all that being said, sorry, that was kind of longer than I expected, but with all that being said, I feel like Alex Cooper now, like, brings a lot of professionals in to talk about different subjects, and I love it, dude. Like, if you want more, like, crazy stories and, like, psych stuff, mm-hmm. I will send it to you. Yeah. Really yeah. Cool. Um, This week, Esther sent me two.
0: One from our favorite therapist, Dr. Orna G, because I can't say her last name. Um, and then another one on narcissism, which
1: I thought was, like, fascinating. Dude, that one was fascinating. Also, dude, I only got to halfway of the Dr. a one. Really? Yeah. Girl, it was were... good. It
0: was long. It was very long. But yeah. It was good. Um, very insightful. It kind of opened my eyes to see the narcissism one was about, like, parents who are narcissists. And that was, like, I think it opened my eyes to see what it must be like for these kids because it's just it the things the examples so the doctor that wrote a book about it she had a narcissistic mother and so what she was explaining like examples in her life i was just shocked and honestly uh just like really sad for her i couldn't believe like a mother could say that to a child uh, like it's just really hard and um yeah but i think insightful like to understand other people and maybe i don't know if somebody comes with that experience um at at the end of the episode she said like the best advice for maybe if a friend is going through this is just believe them so i just took that with me like if this would ever come to me is just believe their story because i think oftentimes the kids aren't always given like the upper hand and so like yeah that that podcast kind of made me more aware of that kind of I wasn't really I didn't know much about that dynamic so
1: yeah yeah dude that was crazy and I felt like it was so insightful I shared it on my Instagram story and this is like the only thing I'll say about this but dude I got so many replies from that story that I posted saying just like I had a few people saying that they were grateful I shared that because, first of all, they'd never heard of that podcast. And second, like, they related to everything the lady was saying. And they were like, I never, like, would have thought my mom or dad was, like, a narcissist. So, like, that, like, that I was kind of proud of myself for posting it because I was, like, debating on it. But it reminded me that social media can be, like, a place where we can help each other and expose each other to, like, hard but important real stuff. And then, um, I was just shocked, honestly, by how many people replied to it. And it was kind of scary because I was like, dang, like, there's a lot of people that are going to do that. Yeah. Mm. And that people who are actual like narcissists and like, I don't know, that's like a whole thing, but. Yeah. Ugh, it's heavy. I know. It is heavy. And that's that. <laughs> that's <laughs> that. <laughs> um...
0: Do we want to talk more about Orna or should we go straight into the book topic? Tell me. Okay, I just wanted to, uh, what did you take away from the, um, if you don't know who Orna is or Dr. Orna, she's the couples therapist that we've talked about before in the past. If you didn't hear that, then overall, she's a a couples therapist Uh, and she did an episode two in the same podcast. And I'm just curious what you, what resonated with you?
1: Well, first of all, I thought it was interesting. She's like the same. Yeah, like like on the show Couples Therapy, everyone you have to watch it. You can buy it on YouTube, and then it's on Showtime. Mm-hmm. But she's the same. Like yeah. literally, she's the same. So I was like glad to still connect with her like that. I'm like acting like I know her, <laughs> but
0: um, <laughs> I'm glad my friend was still the same.
1: <laughs> that she wasn't different. <laughs> um, no, but actually, one thing that stood out to me, like I said, I only listened halfway, but Alex at one point was talking about. That she doesn't do good with change. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember that. Mm -hmm. So Alex is the host, people. Um, She was like, yeah, I don't do good with change, like, blah, blah, blah. And then Orna stopped her and was like, or do you... No, wait. Sorry. Alex said something like, I don't like to fail at things. And Orna was like, wait, or do you just not like when things end? Yeah, she said, did it fail or did it end? Yes. And I was like, dude, that's like what I loved because... Mm -hmm. I feel like that was such an Orna moment. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. Of course you would say that. But it was so good. And then I was like, oh my gosh, like, do I just, like, not, like, that things end? or? Yeah.
0: The definition of failure, like, changes. Like, she yeah. challenged that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. She was getting her own therapy in that yeah. moment, dude. <laughs> um, for me, I wanted... It's so simple. But what stood out to me was her... Um her way of not feeling like she needed to respond with many words like there is times when alex would say something she goes yes (laughs) and complete silence and i just feel like words are powerful and i saw her like ease and just she was relaxed and didn't feel like using more words would make her response any more uh profound that was refreshing Yeah.
1: yeah i thought the same thing dude she was just, like, confident and was like, yeah, no. Yeah, whatever. I yeah. liked that, because I think sometimes we try to over, like,
0: explain or just fill in space with empty words, and her words weren't empty. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. It was good. I love her, dude.
1: <sighs> okay. Anyway. Transitioning to the transitioning next therapist we love. Meg J. Meg J, dude. Period. Period. <laughs> okay dude I feel like I actually sound oh, Wait, like a can I just writer. say I'm
0: sorry if you hear the squeaking of my chair on here and there I didn't know it was so squeaky
1: okay go on I was gonna say I feel like I sound like a broken record dude <laughs> I cannot recommend this book enough like sorry if you've heard of this a million times whoever you're listening whoever's listening but the defining decade the defining decade
0: why your 20s matter and how to make the most of them now listen up 20 somethings this episode's for you <laughs> and for somethings? um okay it's like what 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 is that thing that makes you recommend it like what is that thing that stands
1: out to you that you're like please read it okay dude let me tell you something i think there's not one thing there's a few okay But I think, okay, everyone knows growing up and going to school and being in sports, it's such a structure and you don't realize it until you no longer have it. Mm -hmm. And so being a young adult in your 20s, I feel like when we're in high school and we look at our 20s, we just think like, oh my gosh, like we're going to have it together and like I'm going to be graduated from like college if you go and I'm going to have a job and like you just feel like it's simple. Yeah. And like whatever but when you realize you lose all that structure and you literally like your life is up to you it's like overwhelming and like people I feel like if you're in your 20s like you understand that like anxiety filled like what do I do like what is my purpose where do I go Mm -hmm. um and that can lead to anxiety and depression and especially now with social media like comparing where you're at to other people like that just adds to it so like my thing is that meg j tells you how you can be happy in your 20s and like even beyond that she sets like such a foundation of like what your 20s can be um for you to be content happy find your purpose now and then like there's this one line in the book but she says something like people need to realize that um, 30 is not the new 20 because 40 is not the new 30.
0: Mm.
1: You know, like, you're not... Like, time doesn't stop for you. So if people are like, oh, my 20s are to have fun um, and whatever, by the time you're 30 and then you want to start your life then, like, she says something to, like, do you want to start your life in your 30s or do you want to live your life in your Mm. 30s? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And not saying you can't live your life now, being in your 20s but you're setting yourself up for more stability the opportunity in your 30s and 40s and beyond to like look for happiness like beyond your career does that make sense yeah and so like for me it's just like she like points out it's like tough love dude Mm -hmm. it's tough love and she gives you the freedom to choose like your own structure and like I just, like, love her. (laughs) 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 And overall, I love her. Dude, like, okay, and, okay, that's just, like, one. But second, it changed my life, Mm. like, actually. Yeah. And, like, she talks not only about, like, your career, but she has a section on love. She has a section on your body and mind. And it's just, like, everything. I don't know, dude. No, I
0: definitely second that i am really grateful that you gave me this book i think it was a wake-up call to really see how fruitful my 20s could be and i think throughout the book reading it i the question i would ask myself is who am i becoming like who am i becoming that's like the big question yeah and what am i doing now to be i don't know to be that person i want to be you know and i don't know like fill into that i hope that makes sense like be be um active in the things I'm doing that lead to the person I desire to be now in the future you know (laughs) that was kind of a tongue twister but I like I felt that tough love and there were that times I read a chapter and I was like oof that hurt like that was a hard one to read because I have been kind of um lagging on that section of life or I have been making it in my mind that I have more time. But she was very much like, hey, like, don't, don't waste time. Like, invest in your 20s. And I was really grateful for that.
1: Dude, yes. And I think, like, I think I told you, Steph, is that one thing that, like, uh, someone who reviewed it, like another author reviewed this book, said it perfectly like took the words right out of my mouth they said meg j has um the voice of a novelist but an ear of a therapist Mm -hmm. and like that's something else that this book is like well known for is that she gives you that tough love and she like tells you all these things but she follows up with like facts and stats and like current research
0: yeah and her examples were moving because they were real clients who were going through things that I think if you read this book you will resonate with the client and think like oh yeah totally been there um and I I appreciated that she added in these like snippets of people and their experiences cuz you really do see like just as they were able to change their life by making some d- different decisions and all that like you're capable of that too um, I do have though I I felt like I knew we were going to talk about this today and I felt something like in my heart to share that I feel like is important to also add into this book. Um Tell me, dude. Yes. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of us, especially in our 20s, and maybe even in our thirties, who feel like I'm behind. I messed up. And is there ever gonna be a time to like change that? And maybe those who are reaching their thirties are thinking, like, if they would read this book, I know they'd probably feel like, shoot. <laughs> Um, and I guess I felt like I wanted to just share, like, at the end of the day, you're you're not a statistic. Um, and you, you have a very unique life. And um, I feel like your timeline may sometimes feel, um, you may feel like, why is my timeline like this? I'm doing all the right things. I really am trying, and I'm still not where I really want to be. And I, I guess I just felt, like, compelled to say, like, Remember that, um, yeah, that you're not a statistic, and that even if you may feel like, dang it, like I am struggling, and I, like, according to the statistics, I'm now gonna have like a sad life, like that. That's not true, and that um, even in your 30s, you can still be fruitful, and you can change your life at any point. Um, and I think I thought a lot about my faith too. Like I, I do believe like God has like certain seasons in your life, and someone in their 20s maybe um thriving and you might may have not experienced that but your season is yet to come too it it's still there it's just god has different seasons for you and different timelines and that's why even when it comes to comparison like just because this person maybe they maybe they got that job sooner than you maybe they got that relationship sooner than you maybe they have a family already and all these things that you desire now and it's like i guess just a reminder that like that might not be Here yet, but as long as you're like putting in the work, doing what you can to like be intentional with your life, like it's not too late for
1: you, dude. Yes, I love that you said that, and I agree with that like a hundred percent. One thing that actually like came to mind when you're saying all this is somewhere in the book as well. She has clients who are like twenty nine, almost thirty, and like she focuses on twenty year olds, so like she doesn't move beyond Mm thirty or beyond twenty nine, but. these people are like dang like i i let my 20s slip and i no longer have like that time mm-hmm. but her thing in which for me is a tough love is like then start now mm-hmm. like then you don't yeah. have to wait and like she also says you can't wait for like life to happen to you you have to you have to basically reap what you so you're gonna reap what you sow yeah so I, like yeah. you might not get things immediately and it like she had actually a client tell her story of how I think she was working at a coffee shop and really want, she kept saying stuff like, I don't know what I want to do. And like, this isn't that. And Meg J kept saying, okay, you know what you don't want to do, but if you could pick like, what would you do? And she was like, well, I've always like loved animation and like stuff like that. And she was like, there's this internship, but they pay so bad and like blah, blah, blah. And like Meg J's thing was like, that's your foot in the door. Like, you're not going to be an intern forever kind of thing. And like, that's when she said, I think. You can't wait for life to happen to you. And that's Mm -hmm. what I mean, too. Like when we're in middle school and high school, even college, like, you know what's next. Mm -hmm. And like college is happening for you. And it's like, oh, your classes are there. And like everything is like you're planning it. But it's like, you know what's happening. Yeah. And like this time, really stepping foot into the real world. It's like, no, you actually have to make it happen for yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to look like everyone else but your efforts will pay off, you know?
0: Yeah, and I I want to add to that like I also this week was a lot of info info coming into me cuz I listened to this other podcast where it was talking about like when does um self-love become toxic? And the reason I'm adding this is because they mentioned a point um in the podcast that nowadays our generation is very much like um like almost too relaxed. Like it, it just it's gonna happen when it's gonna happen. Like go with the flow. And and we're losing a sense of like discipline, a like sense of urgency, a sense of urgency. A like a like hey, y- I almost think as a runner, like you're not just gonna wake up and be able to run a mer- like that's not gonna happen. You're not gonna just have that endurance. Um, you you have to wake up every morning and do the work. And I think if you do want these dreams, these goals, like yeah, like you you have to wake up you have to do something you have to do your part for it Um, and I know that that's kind of against generation right now I feel like a lot of times people are like dude relax don't be too hard on yourself Um and I, I think I was like encouraged by that podcast that like at times it's okay to be hard on yourself there's that times where you do need to push yourself uh
1: to do hard things yeah I agree yeah. And, you want to talk about running should we let's (laughs) go (laughs) well something actually like as a runner when we used to run honestly cross country and track were such like a special sport because like you have a team and you guys all qualify together and whatever but like as an individual it's up to you like where you want to place yeah you know Mm -hmm. and so what i would always think is um i actually would pray i would pray um to god and ask him to to allow us to all run well and the best we could because we've all like been practicing. Um, but to challenge like myself and try to beat like my last time and try. Mm-hmm. So basically competing with myself. Yeah. And like praying that I could run as fast as I am possible to run. And even if someone or a whole group is still ahead of me, like I still did my best and mm-hmm. like, that's going to look different. Um, and I think the same way, like it kind of applies to this and That's, like, a thing, too. Like, I know there's this whole talk of criticizing self-care because there's been such a blur of, like, oh, my gosh, like, face masks every day and, like, (laughs) I'm just going to (laughs) relax. Which, yes, we all deserve that, but there's definitely a fine line with resting, taking care of yourself, and still pushing yourself. Yeah. And, like, I think for me from – maybe I'm, like, making stuff up, but kind of, like, what I've witnessed is I feel like people almost get debilitated by seeing – that they're not in the same spot as someone else mm-hmm. but it's like dude you're not even like pursuing their same career you're not even like in their same circumstance and who knows like what's in store for you, you yeah know? i think the
0: right question to like i mean it's like redirecting like what is your purpose what are you meant to do here so if you're envying somebody who's like i mean first of all like you know don't compare even to someone who has the same purpose as you because they're still not I don't think there's anybody. I think you've said this before in the podcast like nobody could do it like you. And I do I feel like that is so true. Like I I just feel like God put a calling into everyone. Nobody could do it like you can.
1: Yeah.
0: Um so if you're comparing yourself to the people around you like like it defeats the it defeats the main question that's like hey like what is your purpose and how are you gonna refine that and like really get good at that so you can like serve the people around you and be fulfilled at the same time
1: that's a good one dude i love that i kind of want to talk about the love section yeah so the first section was work it's called work so like your career how you're getting established second section is love and the third is body and mind so like your actual like the chemicals in your body and how your brain works but I want to know your thoughts on, like, the love section. The love section. Because I um, feel like there's also a sense of urgency in there, which, yeah. for me, kind of gave me anxiety. <laughs> it did give me anxiety. Um, I think that'd be great
0: to talk about, because I think as a, a single 20-something, and you dating someone, I want to see our perspectives on that. Okay. Um, For myself, like, yeah, I was reading it, and I was kind of like, dang, like, it. I guess she was saying, like, if you want to have a family, if you want to, you know, be married, like this is the time to date now. And I think that was kind of anxiety provoking for me because I just, I just really am doing the best right now to be mindful of who I let in my life. And I think with that doesn't leave like many um, opportunities because I'm not just like, I think I'm not just dating to have like fun and you know, I'm very like, I'm being very mindful. So I think the slow progress has made sense to me as to why but like I've been very um secure in that and actually really proud of myself of being like you know what like I know that like I I really want to have someone who's like really you know mature and just like I I I think it's good to have some standards yeah I mean obviously don't make them impossible but I think it's good to have like some decent standards (laughs) um and so it was a little hard reading it because I was like have I been too strict on these standards I don't know um but then I kind of like I I this is what I got from it like I think what she's aiming at is a lot of times in our 20s we want to mess around we want to like not take it seriously and I think she was talking more to that audience that what it isn't dating for marriage but just dating to be with somebody in that literally in that moment at that time um whereas I think that helped me not feel too anxious because I'm like no I know that like when the right person comes I won't run away like I know I'm ready like I want to get married like I know I wouldn't invite that person into my life um the timing just hasn't come yet And, again, bringing back my faith, I was, like, I have, like, so, like, I really have strong faith and trust that, like, the right guy is coming at the right time, and I'm going to keep on working on myself, and, like we said before, like, becoming the best version of myself and the person I think that guy is seeking for, just as I expect that from him. Um, So, like, that was kind of my thoughts on it overall.
1: That's a good one. Dude, yeah, I think I got... (laughs) anxiety for different reasons but i think for me there's a chapter within the love section that talks about picking your family and so basically long story short read the book (laughs) 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 Um, she talks about when you date someone like to get to know their family and their circle because let's say you do marry them um that's the family you're picking. And I feel like, well, we've made a podcast before, you and I, Steph, of, like, you pick your family. But we were talking about more friends. friends yeah. But she, Meg Jay, is talking more about your in-laws and your sister, brother-in-law, and how, like, that's going to be your kid's family and, like, your fam- Whatever, right? Yeah. That gave me anxiety because, overall, I think I have a messy family. And so, it gives me anxiety for, like, so I am dating right now and I have a boyfriend. But it gives me, like, it makes me feel bad. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. And hmm,
0: I want to say, like, that's why I bring back, like, you're not um, a statistic or, like, um, you're not just, like, a number in this research article. Like, every relationship is very unique and different. And the love that one receives in that is also so special yeah. and i think one of the loves that i think is really special is seeing somebody who comes from a messy background and someone who might have more of like a family you maybe desired growing up and seeing that kind of like redemption like that is special in itself too and that's why sometimes i was like oh i hope people don't get too caught up in being like shoot like i'm not aligned with whatever um like whatever she analyzed or constructed as the best kind of relationship because i felt like people are too um unique and stories of redemption and change are just way too powerful for them to be defined by like something like that like like a family you pick like oh i don't have a good family for them to pick now therefore i'm not desirable it's like that's not your worth and that your family does not define
1: you that's encouraging dude it makes you want to (laughs) cry
0: well I want to give you a hug now
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm shy Steph (laughs) no honestly like I really love that and you know like one thing that I can relate to that whole thing though in a selfish way maybe is that my boyfriend's family I think is great and like if I pick that family like that's a great family yeah, and like that's great for me, mm-hmm. but then that's when I feel bad of like oh, <laughs> but you're right, like everything you said, like a hundred percent, and like everyone's story is super unique and different, and the way you kind of apply this book to your life is going to be maybe different from what even Steph and I were saying. Yeah, um, thank you, that mm-hmm. was encouraging. I'm glad. You. Something else that did give me anxiety, not gonna lie, um Meg Jay giving me anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> no, um just like the whole family thing just because okay the love section in this book is so powerful and like I feel like every day of my life when I wake up I realize more and more the weight of what it's like to date with intention and to one day hope to get married and the whole like becoming one thing yeah and like I'm really really like now more than ever realizing that weight and just like me learning that and understanding that and her talking about you have a reproductive clock and like oh you know? my gosh yeah I'm, I'm remembering like, oh my this gosh, dude like I am simply not ready to be a mother <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh well I think okay I feel like she has
0: a point like I guess like biologically like if you want to have kids like the likelihood of that have like happening at your 40s is very slim so I think there's some things are like that makes sense you know um, but then again like I, I agree like somehow her book makes you feel like you have to like if you're jogging suddenly you're sprinting like that's how it kind of felt <laughs> um, but like you, uh, we weren't called to live in fear so if it's causing you to live in fear you know it's like you don't have to be a mother right now like don't don't fear that your time is running up like I I, I don't know how I feel like
1: that's all I can say about that no yeah I think um it's just I think those two things that I mentioned about the love thing were the only thing that gave me anxiety but you know what like I think the fact that I think if anything causes you anxiety or like triggers you that's something to investigate within Mm -hmm. yourself because if you I feel like I feel like a pushback with those things right but it's like okay like let me dig like why am I feeling that and yes. I think if I really want to think about it, I just, like, no, I still have a lot to grow. I still have a lot that I want to do and be more prepared if I one day did become a mom. So I feel like that's kind of, like, why I'm pushing back on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, if you ever have a pushback, for sure, kind of, like, question yourself. Like,
0: Yeah. That's very, Why? That,
1: your emotions are
0: definitely saying something. There's there's time to analyze and also release, right? Um but yeah, I I heard someone say like taking sometimes take in that I might be butchering this, but I think they said taking those feelings, those pushbacks as data is like almost like, oh, what is yeah, like what is this saying about this certain topic. Um it's like almost data of like, huh? Like let me kind of dig a little deeper in that. But again, like there is a time to release, don't dwell on those emotions too
1: long, just like use them as tools. Yeah. yeah Yeah. i think for me knowing that one day i do want to be a mom it's almost made me like be more present in my current stage as a 23 year old Mm -hmm. um because i'm like okay this is you want to talk about like faith and like seasons in your life like i'm definitely like in a season where i'm figuring it out and like a season of not being a mother
0: (laughs) (laughs) no and i think that's totally valid you're 23 like i think Um, not wanting to step into motherhood is definitely understandable, but but you know what? I would say like out of this book, I'm glad that they even made you think of that topic, right? Of like, well, one day I'm going to want to, like, instead of ignoring it altogether, it's like, hmm, like, okay, if one day I want to, then what am I doing now to make sure that like I'm preparing maybe like that preparation for one day actually stepping into
1: that, um, yeah so that's a good point point. and you know what like honestly I feel like everything subconsciously that just spe- but I'm talking to you Steph mm-hmm. I feel like what we're doing is kind of funny because I think it is preparing for that because we often talk about like the work we're doing and our education and whatever like we are doing this for our future family and like future generations So I feel like we often like we're prepping we like um sneakily talk about that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) that i think it's good i think it's good i think it's good too and honestly like i think overall like her point with the whole like reproductive clock and this is like for men too she's not just like coming at women you know like have kids and like whatever you know um definitely for men like there's like a whole health thing too if they wait too long but i think what she's getting at is to think about it if it's something you want in your life like you don't want to be, like, down the line and then, you know, be a little older and have all these complications, how she mentioned a lot in the book, um, and look back and be like, dang, like, I should have considered this, like, a little more. You know? I Can I quickly say a story that really stood out to me from yeah. one of her clients? Yeah.
0: Um, she talked about a client who took most of his 20s, like, traveling and, like, just being very spontaneous, Um, and then I think later he settled down and had kids and then there was like a health scare yes. do you remember that story yes. that really touched me um so he said that he was like had, he had to go like was like kind of an urgent matter had to go to this um mri scan mm-hmm. and that when he was like honestly like super scared inside this mri mm-hmm. machine he realized like he wasn't thinking about all these past experiences he was thinking about his his child and his wife and the future he might not get to see um and how like to me i guess the main thing was like sometimes we think as 20 year olds that these experiences and just being wild and carefree that like that is way better than settling down but i think we all can relate whether we're (laughs) even in a relationship married or whatever that when we come to the scariest moments of our lives we're mostly thinking of the people we love the most we're thinking of i think we're thinking of people who are most settled in our lives most consistent not the you know spontaneous experiences we think of the rooted people in our lives those moments and it's like it made me think of wake up call like well yeah like no wonder there is a lot of joy when we to invest in that kind of life um sooner than
1: later dude yeah and one thing that stood out to me too was I think something else he mentioned was when he was in the MRI scan and like it took a couple hours he was thinking like dang like all I he told Meg Jay like all I was thinking of is I wish I would have had my kid earlier I think he had him Mm -hmm. a little later and he was saying like I wish I would have had all those years with him than like doing all these like spontaneous things yeah and honestly yeah and like I think for me personally that whole story like it did touch me and if anything like it made me overall think of what I am prioritizing Mm. like not just of like what I want in the future but like now like if I had a health scare or did get sick you know like what what I think is important right now what would yeah. I think of you know yeah that's a good one to even if you're going through kind of like um you know a moment
0: of like I don't know what's important what am I pro- prioritizing maybe putting yourself in a scenario of like well what would really matter at the like at the end of the day like what yeah. would really matter I think that would help you see like what your true priorities
1: are yeah mm-hmm. yeah that story was good I want to um read something that stood out to me it's in the epilogue when you guys read this book you know when because you're you- going to exactly <laughs> when you buy it open the book um, <laughs> you have to read the epilogue it's just like one more page and a half but I feel like this last part really kind of concludes everything she really wanted to say um let's see where she thought thaw- I'm gonna have to cut this out because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where- ready so this is how she kind of ends it and I feel like she ended it with a bang dude so she said the future isn't written in the stars there are no guarantees so claim your adulthood be intentional get to work pick your family do the math make your own certainty don't be defined by what you didn't know or didn't do you are deciding your life right now and I was like dude yeah yeah I just, like, want to say, too, like, for me, that last line, not going to lie, I don't know why, like, really hit me. Like, you're deciding your life right now. Like, Mm. for me, what kind of came to mind was I feel like being first gen and trying to go down a road that's never been gone down, personally, I feel like people who are first gen or whatever um have to work a little harder and that's just like the reality of it like you're setting your foundation for future generations here um i don't know like i i get what you're saying
0: there's a lot of decisions that have never been made before in our at least generation of families that somehow we have to make now and i think there's also a lot of pressure because i don't know about you but i feel like like hmm, being the first chapter in the us kind of adds like a lot of like maybe there is a lot at stake um based on the decisions you make on on what kind of story you're going to start for um this kind of new new chapter new new start of your family generational i don't know like psychopath um but i I, yeah i would agree that that's i didn't see it that way
1: but there is there is kind of pressure for that yeah and i don't know like you are deciding your life right now and honestly dude like that just like wraps it up like seriously like you are deciding your life now and like one other thing why i would recommend this book is because i think she says it somewhere in the book that these topics are so important and they're gonna determine like what your life's gonna look like and these are not topics that you learn in school and these are not things that are often talked about um but they're like the most important yeah you know something's coming to me right now
0: i feel like also um i don't know how many of like People can relate, but I feel like, I think we all have something that we want to change. Whether it's in our family, whether it's in within us, or in the future we want. There's something we desire to not repeat again. And sometimes I think a lot of us know it, but don't necessarily take the actions to do it. And I guess this ending, this last line is, hey, like... You have that free will. Like You can make decisions to change what you want to change. You you have that. And what is it? What is it within you that you don't want to repeat again? Hey, you can actually not repeat it again by what you do with your life. So get on it now.
1: (laughs) Dude, yes. (laughs) I don't know. This book was just so healing for me and so encouraging. And I... I want to live a life, Steph, of working hard, setting a great foundation for my future family and myself. And, yeah, I want all that, and I want to make things different than what my family's used to. But I also want to have fun, and I want to have great experiences. And, like, I think having such a great foundation of what Meg Jay is saying is going to, like, allow me to do that. Mm. And that's, like, what excited me about the book, that, like, i don't know you literally get i can't stop saying it like you decide your life yeah i
0: think but then again i will i'll say like there's only to a certain extent that you could do that (laughs) like there's also another part of your life that you you can't you know you don't have control over which is probably for the best like what like i think i mean i feel like there's parts of your life that you don't know why they're happening to you um and that 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 you, I guess for me, I would say I would just have to believe that despite this being bad, that like, and I, I didn't decide this, you know, but now it could be like, I think a family's like, they didn't decide a, a, an illness to come, but now this is their life. Um, But I guess for me, it's like, do what you can. And then also like, whatever may come that you can't control is like, um. I guess learning too, like to like the acceptance of those things. I hope that earlier when I was kind of saying like at times when you're frustrated why is this season in my life is is learning that like not to give up hope on what you can do and that like trusting um that it that there is purpose and even the pain of some seasons that you can't control yeah um and some things that may feel hard um um and again this book that's why this book was really a uh, a lot of emotions for me because I think I think to wrap this all up, like, there is a part where it's like, you know what? There is a certain extent that you can, you can do certain things and figure out what it is you can do and do it. When there's this other part where, like, I think, um, personally, like, I do believe there's certain things we can't control and learning how to accept that and see, yeah, see the purpose, see how it can be turned into good, um, See what it is teaching you and how how to even transform something painful into, like, seeing the goodness in it. And and even sometimes when it, it really is crappy and there's nothing good is learning how how, do, how am I going to react to this. I going to – yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. And definitely, like, I would just say, like, the one thing I've learned from life time and time again is to expect the unexpected. Yeah. Like, expect the unexpected people, seriously. But I think – the way meg jays like wanting you to set up your life when these things come the unexpected things you're going to respond better you're going to be stronger you're going to be financially stable and you're going to have emotional stability hopefully that kind of leads me leads me to say if you have the opportunity or extra funds or whatever insurance like seriously like get into therapy mm-hmm. like mm such a life changer and meg jay's a therapist yeah i don't know yeah i would second that and lastly i
0: i think like you were saying you're also 20 something so does this mean you cannot go on that fun trip no (laughs) does this mean you can't order a second round of nachos no like you're still young and i think like i guess this is um like, I like it. it was a wake- wake up call, and um, it's important uh, but also, like we are in our salad days, and there is something useful uh, about it that we probably won't ever get back. so I hope like overall <laughs> like i I guess learning that learning how to handle all these different aspects of such a complicated time in our life, but doing it wisely doing it wisely and yeah. um with awareness and also with uh <laughs> it's gonna sound contradicting but force but also a uh, gentleness about it. it it's kind of uh, a i think in your 20s balance yeah
1: <laughs> even i'm like what did i just say <laughs> <laughs> well dude i feel like i am so happy you read it and you finished it so quickly which i, I was surprised I was hooked. happy um can't recommend it enough that's the last (laughs) time i'll say it yeah yeah people are kind of sick of me because i'm like no
0: i i didn't even think think you'd say did you but when you were reading it first were you saying a
1: lot about it because i didn't i've been saying so much about this since like 2020 wow especially to my close friends they're probably like okay but i'm not gonna stop until people read it dude
0: but you know what esther i am so grateful for the fact that you that you have that mindset i think it's not only just a reflection of the way you care about people for them to read this and learn like how to make the best of these years but I think it's a reflection I'm mean, like I'm not surprised like you I think even before reading the book have always been investing in your 20s so um, I just yeah I'm grateful for you I'm grateful that you recommended this book and I do feel like I am a better 20 something because of you so
1: oh gosh, dude. thank <laughs> Meg
0: J don't thank me <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's all we got for you. That's guys. all we got today. <laughs> and thanks, um, Steph, That was that was
0: sweet. Mm, I yeah. I guess that's it. I'll <laughs> see you next Tuesday. Bye bye.
1: It <laughs> was a good one.